0: We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in the Francis Debridge serial, Paul Temple and the Van Dyke Affair. Episode 6. Suspect number 1.
1: All right. You asked for it. Oh, why? For you? heaven's sake, be careful or you turn the count. I'll teach you to strike. Take me. Take your hands off here. Coach!
2: Well, happened, Mrs. Temple. We saw the car zigzagging all over the place. Did this steering column break?
3: No, no, it it is nothing like uh, I... think. Is, is that your husband in the river? No, no, it's a the man called louis France. He was tight. Say, oh. he's in trouble. He can't swim. Do something quickly. When
4: you're done, right he can't swim. He's panicking. He sure is. Oh take this jacket and put it around, Mrs. Temple. Because of course. I'll look after the guy in
2: the water. Oh. Here you go, Mrs. Temple. Thank you. Oh. Are you all right? Yes, sir.
3: Oh i'm all right thank you
2: it's strange we should meet like this
3: oh, i'm very glad we did
2: mccall and i were driving down to the wordsworth we just met at the station i think you'd better come back to the hotel with us mrs temple
3: yes i think i'd better can not go very far like this is it near here
2: the wordsworth it's about two miles
3: oh. when did you get back from paris mr droste
2: I came back yesterday, but I'm flying back tonight. My wife's still in a pretty bad way, I'm afraid.
3: I'm sorry.
2: I shouldn't Um, have left Paris, only I had a meeting in town yesterday afternoon. But where were you going when this happened?
3: I was going to see Marion Faber. The artist? Yes. And that man called himself Louis France met me at the station, said he was her chauffeur. But I recognized him almost at once. He was the man in Paris who was responsible for that bomb explosion at the Café Dico. But
2: that's a most extraordinary story, Mrs. Temple. Are you sure this is the same yes, man?
3: I'm absolutely sure. I recognized his voice, and, and the moment I mentioned Look, Paris... Look,
2: McCall's it... coming back.
3: But, but he's alone.
4: I
2: wonder what's happened.
4: Dusty, you'd better drive down to the police station. Mention my name and... Ask for Sergeant Didn't you manage no, to No, it, it was no use. He was in such a state, there was nothing I could do. I tried to save him, but he, he, he just wouldn't help me. Have you tried artificial respiration? He is dead. He's he was dead. dead when I got him out of the water. If you want my opinion, he, he died from shock more than anything else. Yes. I'm sorry, Mr. Temple. I did my best. Was he a friend of yours?
3: Oh, no, he wasn't.
2: Mrs. Temple had an appointment with Marion Faber. What did the artist? yes that fellow met her at the station and passed himself off as Miss Faber's chauffeur. what do you mean passed himself off? isn't he Miss Faber's chauffeur?
3: no his name's Louis France. the first time I saw him was in Paris.
2: according to Mrs. Temple he was the man responsible
4: for the bomb outrage at the Cafe Dico.
3: what?
4: you're almost as bad as your husband Mrs. Temple you two suddenly going for surprises. Yes. I say, if this character was responsible for that bomb outrage, why did he meet you at the station?
3: I don't know, unless... It... By the way, Mr. Macaulay said that he knew you. Me? Yes, he said he delivered a message to you at the Wordsworth about a week ago.
4: Not to me, he didn't. I never set eyes on him before today. Now, don't look at me like that, Mrs. Temple. Like what? You're looking at me as if you don't believe a word I say. Oh, I, I, I assure you I... That's okay. I don't mind whether you believe me or not. It just happens to be the truth, that's all.
3: You've never seen him before.
4: That's right. It's as simple as that. I have never seen him before.
0: Miss Faber? Yes? Oh, my name is Paul Temple. I believe my wife had an appointment with you this afternoon.
5: She did. For half past three. The next time your wife makes an appointment and cannot keep it, Mr. Temple, I should be grateful if she would let me know.
0: I can assure you my wife would have been here on time, Miss Faber, but she had
5: an accident. An accident? Yes. I'm sorry. I've been in rather a bad mood all day. Do come in. Oh, thank you. This morning my work went to pieces and... Then this afternoon, when your wife didn't turn up... I, I know.
0: I... <laughs> told you to apologise, Miss Faye, but I know that sort of day only too well. So Steve went back to the hotel with Drosty and Bill McCall. They telephoned through to the flat and I motored down from town.
5: Where is your wife now?
0: She's still at the Wordsworth. I left her there while I called round to talk to you.
5: What was this man like, Mr Temple, the man who pretended to be my chauffeur?
0: I understand he was about 30, tall, dark, good-looking and he spoke with an accent
5: and you say his name was louis Front.
0: according to the papers found on him yes
5: i just can't imagine who he is
0: it's my opinion that he worked for a man called van dyke van dyke does that convey anything to you no oh, i see um cigarette
5: no thank you i don't smoke
0: uh, have you any objection if i do
5: no of course
0: i understand mr shelley's a friend of yours
5: Yes, I've known Roger for some time.
0: Didn't you dine with him the night that man, DeWolf, was murdered? I did. Was DeWolf a friend of yours? No. But wasn't he a friend of Roger Shelley's?
5: Maybe, but that doesn't necessarily make him a friend of mine. In any case, he wasn't a friend of Shelley's. Roger simply bumped into him at the Wordsworth and invited him out to dinner.
0: And you never actually saw him? No. I see. Miss Faber, when my wife telephoned and made an appointment to see you, what was your reaction what do you mean? Well, did you believe that she only wanted to have her portrait painted?
5: Well, why shouldn't I? I'm an artist, I paint portraits, and I understand your wife is a very good-looking woman.
0: Didn't it occur to you that she might be coming down here because I wanted certain information from you?
5: No, it didn't. What information are you talking about?
0: Mr Shelley tells me that you have a rather unusual sense of humour.
5: It depends what you mean by unusual.
0: I understand you. What should we say? Go in for practical jokes.
5: Are you suggesting that I sent that man down to the station? No,
0: I'm not suggesting anything of the song. Well,
5: what are you suggesting?
0: That you sent Mr Shelley a note. A threatening note, apparently written by Miss Millicent. Well?
5: Well, what if I did? The fool was asking to have his leg pulled. Every time you met him, he did nothing but talk about the Millicent affair. It isn't as if he knew the woman very well. I don't suppose he'd spoken to her more than half a dozen times... I met him in Regent Street one afternoon. He'd just been to Scotland Yard. He was full of it. He said he was worried, desperately worried. But it was obvious that he was enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> well, we gave him something to worry about. We? Oui. Oh, that note wasn't entirely my idea. A friend of mine, and Rogers, told me exactly what to write and gave me a letter of Miss Millicent so that I could copy the handwriting.
0: Well, your friend seems to have been very well informed. He knew De wolf's identity before Scotland Yard did.
5: Yes, I know. I've been worried about that. When I wrote the note, I thought the name was fictitious, one my friend had invented to make the note sound authentic. But later I discovered... That it was
0: genuine? Yes. Hmm. What did you do when you discovered that the dead man really was called De wolf?
5: Well, naturally, I had a word with my friend. I asked him how he happened to know DeWolf's identity and why he hadn't spoken to the police about it. And
0: what did your friend say?
5: He said he didn't want to get involved with the police. And in any case, if Shelley went to Scotland Yard with a note, they'd very quickly check up on DeWolf. I see.
0: Who is your friend, Miss Faber?
5: I'm sorry, I can't tell you.
0: You mean you won't tell me, is that it? If you like. Why?
5: because i don't want to get anyone into trouble my
0: dear miss faber you'll get a great many people into trouble including yourself if you withhold important information from the police now look don't be silly about this who gave you the miss millicent letter and who told you what to put in that note to roger shelley
5: i'm sorry i can't tell you
0: i don't know whether you realize the seriousness of this
5: i'm not going to tell you who my friend is the whole thing was a practical joke the sooner it's forgotten the better And in any case, I don't doubt the police know all there is to know about DeWolf without dragging my friend or anyone else down to Scotland Yard.
0: Do you think I'm here just because I'm curious about one of your stupid practical jokes? Well, I'm not. I'm here because I'm determined to find out the identity of the mysterious Mr. Van Dyke.
5: And I've already told you I've never heard of anyone called Van Dyke.
0: I think you have. I think you've heard a great deal about Mr. Van Dyke. And I've got a shrewd suspicion that you know a great deal more about this Miss Millicent affair than you'd like to admit
5: that's absolute
0: nonsense. You know where they found Miss Millicent, don't you? In the river, about two miles from here.
5: Well, what does that prove? I'm not the only person who lives around here. There's Shelley, for instance. He's got a cottage not far from where they found Miss Millicent. And there, there's Mr McCall at the Wordsworth. And Mr Droste, he's quite a frequent visitor to these parts.
0: For a person who's never heard of Mr Van Dyke and knows very little about the Miss Millicent affair, you seem to be pretty well acquainted with the principal characters in the story.
5: I can see you're quite convinced I'm a double-dyed villain, Mr Temple. (laughs) Or should I say villainess? No,
0: I think you're just being very silly.
5: Because I won't tell you who my friend is?
0: We shall find that out sooner or later. Uh, Would you mind passing me my cigarette case on the table, then?
5: I'm sorry to appear so difficult, Mr Temple. I hope that next time we meet, you'll be able to take a more favourable view of me. I hope so. Here's your case. Thank you tell me just out of curiosity what's the point of the cigarette case to get my fingerprints yes <laughs> oh, but you should have asked me I would have been only too happy to have obliged
0: <laughs> you're not so silly as I thought goodbye
5: goodbye mr. Tim oh
0: by the way yes I did notice the photograph of mr. Palmer in the hall you did intend me to notice it didn't you Goodbye. Hello, oh, no, steve i've been looking all over the place for you you ready
3: yes but i promised we'd give mr drosty a lift into town he's flying back to paris on the night plane
0: oh, well where is he is he ready
3: he will be in a moment how's your arm oh
0: it's fine never felt better
3: you shouldn't be using it you know if the doctor knew you were driving a car he'd be furious
0: nonsense it felt better the moment i took it out of the sling oh. ah here's drosty hello old man i'm sorry if i've kept you waiting oh that's all right i've only just arrived did you see miss faber yes apparently she's never heard of france at any rate he certainly wasn't a chauffeur i know i understand you want her lift back to town uh, yes if it's not causing you too much trouble no of course not Are you ready yes i'm ready now
3: good oh wait a moment darling here's mr mccall oh
4: uh, what is it mccall uh, there's a call for you from paris I-, I gather it's urgent they've been trying to get you at the flat oh uh, excuse me i take it in my office it's quicker yes all right
3: a call from paris i wonder if it's about his wife mm.
0: How are you feeling now, Steve? All right?
3: Well, I certainly feel better than I did. You know, both Drosty and McCall have been very decent. Yes, you look excited about something. What's happened? Well, as I
0: told you, I saw Miss Faber, And although she apparently knew nothing about the chauffeur, she certainly knew something about that note.
3: The one that Shelley got? Mm. Did you ask her about it?
0: Yes, and she confirmed what Shelley suspected, that she sent it to him as a practical joke.
3: Oh. But who told her about the wolf? And how was she able to copy Miss Millicent's handwriting? The
0: same person who told her about DeWolf supplied her with a letter of Miss Millicent's. who was it? She didn't tell me, but I've got a pretty shrewd suspicion.
3: Miss Drostek. Well, something's happened, Paul.
0: There's no need
2: for you to take me back to town, Temple. I'm going back with McCall. Oh? Well, we've had a spot of trouble at the Commodore. The manager's been taken ill. I want McCall to take charge there for the time being, at any rate. I see.
3: Is there any news from Paris?
2: Yes. My wife died this afternoon. Oh, Oh. I'm sorry, Mr. Drosten. Did she regain consciousness? No, apparently not. Now, will you excuse me? I've got one or two arrangements to make, and I don't want to miss the plane. Yes, of course, and I am so sorry. Thank you. Goodbye, Drosten. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Temple.
3: Goodbye, Mr. Drosten.
6: Hello, Temple. I, I never expected to see you, not at this time of night. May I come in, Parliament? Well, y- yes, of course. Uh, am I disturbing you? No, not a bit. I've finished an article and I was just going to help myself to a whisky and soda. Will you join me? Well, thanks very much. Sounds an excellent idea.
0: Uh, soda or water? Uh, soda, please. Right. How's Mrs Desmond?
6: Well, not too good, I'm afraid. She still seems on edge this miss millison business has certainly played the very devil with her nerves i i don't think she's sleeping very well no
0: here you are here's your drink ah thanks cheers ah, skull. <laughs> uh palmer yes do you mind if i ask you a rather personal question no of course not far ahead what exactly is your relationship with mrs desmond we're very good friends is that all Yes, that's all,
6: unfortunately. I met Mary several years ago, when her husband was alive. I fell in love with her the first time I saw her. When John Desmond died, I did everything for her, everything I possibly could. Since then, I've made a point of proposing to her twice a week, and she rejects my proposals with monotonous regularity. Well, I
0: wish you better luck. However, I didn't come here to talk to you about Mrs Desmond. Then what did you come to talk to me about? Palmer, tell me how long have you known Marion Faber? Marion Faber? yes you do know her don't you? well yes of course well I... how long have you known her? I should say about two years. is she a very good friend of yours? what do you mean? well is she a very good friend of yours? no she's not
6: she's not a friend of mine at all. really? now well,
0: that surprises
6: me. why should it
0: surprise you? I don't know if you've been to her bungalow. no I haven't but well, if you do go you'll see your photograph in the hall opposite the door you can't possibly miss it it's rather a good one you're well i on. know the photograph you mean all right did you give it to miss faber yes when about uh, two years ago oh she must have been a very good friend of yours then judging from the inscription to marion with all my love why are you interested in marion faber for a variety of reasons but i'll give you one well Miss Faber admits that she sent a note to Roger Shelley. The note was written exactly as Miss Millicent would have written it. I see. Now, someone dictated the contents of that note. And you think
6: I'm that someone? Well, aren't you? Look here, before we discuss anything else, let's get my relationship with Marian Faber straightened out. Two years ago, I did a series of articles on modern art. Now, frankly, it's a subject I know very little about. That's probably why the magazine commissioned me to do the series. Anyway, I got a friend of mine to introduce me to Marian Faber. I knew she was a well-known painter and had pretty definite views on contemporary art. Well, Marion was awfully good. She helped me no end, so far as the articles were concerned. But, unfortunately... Well? Unfortunately, she turned out to be rather possessive. Possessive? Well, damn it, old temple, You're a man of the world. I don't have to explain, surely. Oh, I see. When was the last time you saw Miss Faber? No, oh, about six or seven months ago and you haven't seen her since not to speak to i saw her in a restaurant about a month or so ago but fortunately she didn't see me hmm. now to get back to your question i did not provide marion faber anyone else with a letter of miss millicent's and i did not dictate or send a note to roger shelley
0: but you knew that shelley had received a note yes
6: there was a paragraph in one of the papers which said he'd had a
0: threatening letter it didn't say what it was about or who had sent it palmer tell me When you first discovered that Miss Millicent worked for Shelley, did you realise that it was the same Shelley that Miss Faber was friendly with?
6: I didn't know that Marion was friendly with Shelley until you told me. Didn't Miss Faber ever mention him? No. I never heard of Shelley until Miss Millicent told Mary that she was going to work for him. Have you met Shelley? Yes. I met him at Scotland Yard about a week ago. Inspector Eden introduced us. I see. Well...
0: Any more questions, or is the quiz programme over for this evening? No, not quite over. Just, Just one more question. Well... I'm a novelist, Palmer. I write detective stories. Yes, I know. I've read them. They're very good. Oh, thank you. Well, if I was writing this story, the story of Miss Millicent and the mysterious Mr Van Dyke, do you know what I should call you, Palmer? No. I should call you Suspect Number One. Suspect Number One?
6: Yes. Why? Why would you call me that? Just because I didn't tell you that Marion Fay was a friend of mine, just because the cloakroom attendant at the Commodore Club lied to you about the Attachia case. You know, Temple, for a famous detective writer, you're really rather stupid, aren't you? Stupid? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, go ahead. Tell me why exactly am I stupid. No, really, it was awfully rude. I do apologize. No, no,
0: please tell me.
6: Well, surely you of all people know that suspect number one never turns out to be the
0: villain. There are exceptions, Palmer. There are exceptions.
3: I'll drive the car around to the garage, Paul. No, no,
0: there's no need. I'll send Charlie down. Oh,
3: all right.
0: Don't forget your bag, Steve. Oh,
3: yes, hello
0: look who's here Roger Shelley where getting out of that taxi My Timothy looks in a flap doesn't he oh dear
1: oh hello Shelley Uh, were you going up to the flat yes I wanted to talk with you Temple I oh good evening Mrs. Temple I'm so sorry I'm afraid I didn't notice you I really I'm quite at sixes and sevens I just don't know whether I'm coming or going
3: is anything wrong Mr. Shelley
1: I've had the most devastating experience I mean, really devastating.
3: Why? What's happened?
1: Well, you know that note I received? The one I thought was a practical joke? Yes. Well, I was wrong, quite wrong. Marian couldn't possibly have sent it. What do you mean? Well, it turns out it wasn't a joke after all. Really? I don't think you understand. That note was a threat, quite a genuine threat. You see, someone tried to murder me.
3: Someone tried to murder you? Yes.
1: When? About an hour ago. Oh, it was a terrible experience, Temple. My goodness, I never want to go through anything like that again.
3: Oh, but why should anyone want to murder you, Mr Shelley? That's the whole
1: point, Mrs Temple. I don't understand. I just don't understand. What happened, Shelley? Well, I got home from the office at about half past eight. I'd had a fairly heavy day, and I wasn't feeling too good, so I went up to my bedroom, changed into a dressing gown, took a couple of aspirins, and lay down on the bed. Go on. Well, I suppose I must have been dozing for an hour or so when I, I heard a noise. I glanced towards the window, and to my absolute horror, I realised that a man had climbed the balcony and was actually in the room.
3: Did you recognise him? No,
1: I didn't. I couldn't see very clearly, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't anyone I'd seen before. Oh, I was petrified. I just didn't know what to do. I know it sounds highly melodramatic, but it was just as if my whole body had turned to stone. Go on, shall Well, I watched him. I watched him come closer to the bed. He thought I was asleep. Suddenly, I saw him take something from his pocket. I couldn't see what it was, not at first, not until he was right on top of me. And then... What was it? It was a knife. One of those squat little things with a, with a razor blade. Oh. Suddenly, I remembered Queenie Edwards. I remembered you telling me what she looked like yes, after... Dear. But what did you do? There was only one thing I could do. I went for him. Oh, he must have thought I was start staring mad. I shouted, I kicked, I scratched. In the end, he realised that the game was up and he made a dash for it.
3: It must have been a very nasty experience. Oh, it was
1: horrible. Frankly, I'm exhausted. What was he like, this man? Well, he was tall. About your build, I suppose. But I've no idea what he really looked like. Mm, I'm afraid that's not very helpful. By the way, have you told the police about this? Not yet, but I intend to. Oh, incidentally, I found this temple. It was on the floor near the bed. What is it, Paul? It's a small buckle. I think I must have pulled it off his wristwatch while we were struggling. You sure it isn't yours? Oh, quite sure. Now, what shall I do? Give it to the police? No, 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 it's all
0: right. I'll take care of this.
1: Uh, What are you going to do now? Go back to your flat? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly go back there. I should be terrified. I'm going to Friends. They've been very sweet and offered to put me up for the night. I shall probably go down to Marlow tomorrow. Well, I'll have a word with the yard about this, Shelley. Meanwhile, take care of yourself. Well, I'll try. But really... Good night, Mrs. Temple.
3: Good night, Mr. Temple. Paul, do you think Shelley was telling the truth? Well,
0: he seemed very overwrought. Yes, I think he was telling the truth. (laughs) He certainly looked as if he'd been in a fight. (laughs) What's the matter with Charlie?
3: Well, if you didn't forget your key every time you go out, there wouldn't be any need for him to answer the door. Mm. Ah, here he is. Ah, we thought you'd gone to bed, Charlie.
1: No, I've been listening to the wires. Any messages, Charlie? Yeah, Mrs Desmond telephoned. As a matter of fact, she phoned two or three times. Mrs Desmond? That's right. She said she wanted to see you. Blimey, she didn't ask sound in the stew. Is she phoning again? Mm, Well, I don't know. She said she was speaking from the Commodore Club. I think she wants you to go round there.
3: To the Commodore?
1: Yeah. What do you mean, you think she wants us to go round there? Well, she seemed so et up, it was difficult to understand half of what she was talking about. When I said you wasn't in, she said, tell Mr Temple it's urgent, I'm at the Commodore Club. If she phones again, Charlie, tell her we're on the way. Okie dokie. Come on,
0: Steve. I wonder if she's upstairs, Steve.
3: Oh, well, I hardly think she'd wait for us upstairs, darling. Yes.
0: Hello there. Hello, McCall. What are you doing at the Commodore? I've taken over. Didn't
4: Mr. Drosty tell you? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I remember the manager was taken ill or something. Yeah, that's right, appendicitis. Oh. Acute appendicitis. Well, I suppose you're looking for Mrs. Desmond. Huh? Why, yes. She's been expecting you for the last hour or so. Boy, was she in a flat doodle. Where is she now? She left about four or five minutes ago. Did you say where she was going? No, I'm afraid she didn't. I wonder if she's gone to the flat.
3: Mm, that's probably what's happened.
4: Well, oh, you've only just missed her. Tell me, uh, this Mrs. Desmond—is she the person that was mixed up in the Miss Millison case, the one with the baby girl? Yes. Why do you ask? Oh, I am. Um, I wonder. That's all.
3: will park
0: the car here. No, darling, it's just round the corner. We went in the side entrance. Remember?
3: Oh,
0: yes. yes. Ah, here we are. In you get, Steve.
3: No, I'll drive, Paul. You keep on the lookout in case we pass Mrs. Desmond.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I haven't got the ignition key. It's
3: all right, I've got it.
0: Oh, good. But is that your parcel on the back seat?
3: Yeah. Oh. What is it? It's that doll. The doll that was in the attache case.
0: You sure?
3: Oh, yes, Oh, Paul. What's the matter? It's covered in blood.
0: That was the sixth episode of Paul Temple and the Van Dyke Affair, written by Francis Durbridge and produced by Martin C. Webster with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Terry Palmer was played by Peter Wilde, Roger Shelley by Richard Handel, Philip Droste by Simon Lack, Marion Faber by Betty Hardy and other parts by members of the BBC Drama Repertory Company.